Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. I'm one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Avian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, tech columnist Andy Anako. Mel and Sue are not going to be part of the British Bake Off next season, and I just don't want to talk about it because I only learned about this like 10 minutes before the show. <sighs> Uh, and yeah, unfortunately, Mel's not going to be joining us this uh, episode. But, or, uh, Sue, here. Or, oh, Sue. or Sue. Or Sue. Or Sue. Where we're going to get the sexy double entendres about BAPs and such. But joining us here, we do have app sensation, Russell Ivanovich. Why does Andy always <laughs> get the fuzzy under the lollipop? I mean, it's, it's like the world knew that, oh, look, Andy has a small piece of joy in his life. Only like. 10 hours, like once a season, that he has to steal up when people upload it to YouTube illegally. Let's get rid of it. So Andy has no. Okay, I'm sorry. This isn't about me. <laughs> no, I, I too am outraged by Melanie and Susan. You're stronger than me. Of you're the stronger than American me. cooking class show. I'm sorry that you all don't get to see cooking classes on TV, the internet, TV. Which one? Wink. Wink if I'm getting any of this right. <laughs> No, Andy is so upset. He's, he's, he's refusing to, to play. Because it's, it's the BBC <laughs> show, well, the, British, the great British baking show, which it's only, well, been, it's only in why, seven seasons, Wait a minute. Russell, I mean, so I know there's Jamie Oliver and everything else, but I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say British people are not very good at baking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people of England, but I've seen wow, the kind of food I, there, uh, I hope your wife isn't listening. I hope your wife isn't listening, Russell. She's um, Australian's, but, um, Yasmin. You know, she was born she was in the, British, uh, the Britain, though. It's true. We should move along really, really quickly. I just realized that uh, we've made that We connection. should move along. We should move along. <laughs> so, well, okay. Hey, maybe edit note. Maybe an edit note. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, last, last, uh, last, I think it was two episodes ago, we talked about uh, Google killing off Chrome apps and wanting people to move over to Electron, uh, which was uh, – one of the frameworks that they were, uh, you know, encouraging people to to kind of go on to. Uh, so we we talked we talked a little bit about about this. Uh, so one interesting point of news with that is that the Slack Mac app they have a beta out and it's actually been rewritten in Electron. Um, and I've actually just installed it before the show and it seems to be moving a lot faster. So uh, that's just a tidbit of news. So if you are on the fence about moving over to Electron and seeing, hey, what you know. Who's using it? Slack has a beta app on there, so you can go check it out. So um, it looks pretty cool. I haven't played with Electron, Russell, have you? Uh, I have briefly, and I don't know if you remember, but many, many shows ago, I went on an adventure to find a native Hangouts app. And the closest I got was an app, I think called Yak Yak. Someone had built an Electron. And as part of that, I played with it. And the cool thing about it is normally when you're doing development, you have to put stuff in some kind of design file, like in Xcode, it's a zip, in Android, it's like an XML file. Then you have to compile it, then you have to run it. And then you're like, oh, no, that change is wrong. The cool thing about Electron is it's all based on HTML and CSS like web stuff. So you you literally start editing the CSS. Like in one pane, I wanted to make the font bigger. So I'm like 15, and the font just changed. And I'm like... Magic. It's not something you're used to seeing in a Mac app. And I I know, I know there are lots of trade-offs. It's not purely native and blah, 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 blah. But it is very cool to see that sort of level of, oh, I changed something and the app instantly updated. That's, That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, so it's uh, running pretty smooth now. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. Uh, so if you're a developer and you're looking into it, go for it. Uh, more bit of programming news is that Google celebrated uh, National Programmers Day, or I don't know if it's national, but it's uh, Programmers Day by joining what was uh, the organization, a General Assembly, and they started off a campaign which was the hashtag "I look like a developer," which uh, a lot of people I, I know if they remember the hashtag before, which was "I look like an engineer" or "I, I am." An engineer, look like an engineer, um, which was uh, highlighting that engineers come in all different shapes, sizes, genders, um, you know, cultures and everything. So it was a, an organ- it was a campaign to kind of get everyone thinking like, hey, you can be an engineer too. And so uh, it's really cool that they're doing this, but... But even cooler is that Anise Davis, which was a, which was a developer, Google developer expert that we had on our show, was actually one of the women highlighted on, in this event. So I think that's awesome. Yay, Anise. Congratulations. Uh, it's pretty cool. And, and another tidbit of news, the person who created all those wonderful illustrations is, uh, is Virginia Poltrack, which we also had on this show um, a while back. So... So much uh, material, material people that have been on material are, are, we, are getting some. Are we able there. to claim in any way, shape, or form that we launched these two people's careers? Like they're probably famous before, <laughs> but can we pretend somehow that, that we helped them along? I'm, I'm happy to get uh, in there. We, we are the kingmakers. The 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 escalator to success boards here at Material. Because if you remember Chris Lacey, uh, no, because... he only bought one ad on our show, and he sold what was that Link Bubble thing like a week later for you know trillions of dollars or whatever it was. We, we made him. Uh, no, you know. I, I I would I would gladly accept uh, that you know we help make these people, but um, no, because the first time I met Virginia Poltrack at Google I/O 2015, I went up to her and told her how much I loved her work. So yeah, no, definitely we did we're going to have to edit her. that bit out. Yes, I mean no, we 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 made all these. No, it's honestly it's, it's really cool to see them showcased, and it's cool that they they were on our show as well. So we we got to meet them and you know see them out in the world. And I really like this initiative. We had a similar thing in Australia where. Um, there was this famous artist made a bunch of uh, posters with the word Aussie on them, but he put people in there that, you know, didn't look like, I guess, tr- quote unquote, traditional Australians. And it was a really cool thing to say, these people are Australians. You know, you don't have to have blonde hair or you don't have to be Aboriginal. Like everybody who lives here is is Australian and here's all the different ways they look. And I love that they're doing that now for developers as well. Because, yeah, de- developers don't come in one package. You know, you see a lot of comics and it's a it's a white guy with some glasses and maybe like a beard and you're like, this is what developers look like. But in, in reality, you know, they're, they're male, they're female, they're, they're big, they're small, they come in, you know, all different like shapes and sizes. It's, it's cool to see. Yeah, the Summary bullies in high school did not discriminate as long as you were a nerd. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all have that shared experience. So it's it's uh, it's always fun to see Google, you know, partake on this. And I will say, I believe that this uh, was actually put on by Google developers and not actually a part of Women Tech Makers. Again, Women Tech Makers is an organization that uh, puts a lot of effort into getting uh, women into technology at Google. Uh, but I think this was a, another independent effort. I'm not sure if it was necessarily affiliated with Women Tech Makers. It might have been, uh, but it looks like Google developers put this on. So, anyways, it's really cool to see, you know, a lot of uh, the other organizations organizations kind of taking part of this and advocating and showing everyone. Yeah. And also just the sign that uh, Google takes this stuff seriously from the small gestures to the large gestures of making sure that when they have a, a big media event that they represent their their whole uh, their whole campus uh, all, the, the whole diversity of their campus and so it's it's such an it's such an easy thing to do which is why you kind of wonder when a company doesn't 
do it. You know, I, I don't. I, I would. I would. Much, I would much rather praise the people who are doing this well than try to bring shame on companies that don't do that well. But it really is just that simple. Either this issue is on your company's radar or it is not. And so, if you're doing a 90 minute event and there is only one person on the stage ever that is <laughs> that is non male. I'm not saying that you're terrible people. I'm saying that clearly you're saying that this issue is not on your radar, and it, and it should be. I'm trying really hard not to make Canadian jokes now, Andy. Apparently, I'm, I'm the token Australian, I'm told, on the show. I'm happy to, oh, to represent. Oh, I, uh, I said that off the record uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Did no one follow that? Uh, sorry. I think you have to email uh, me beforehand, yes. yes, man. We have to agree that it's off the record. So I've just, I've just oh, published it on the record. So- well, well, thank you for uh, notifying me on, on you know what, what is the proper off the off the record uh, status. But you know we did get a lot of love, Russell. We did get a lot of love. We one person said, as a fellow Australian, I appreciate having a podcaster role model I can identify with. So look, with material, we we are making strides here and too. I, I so, understand that. Look, Australians like they don't succeed very well at the Olympics. You know we don't tend to win a lot of sporting events. We we don't get out there in the world. We're not. You know, you're barman at every single bar that you've ever been to. Like, it's very hard for Australians to put themselves out there. It's not like we've, you know, proliferated all through the world and we're everywhere. It's, we're just a small nation of, like, humble people. And it's very important for us to maintain our outreach uh, to, uh, to the Aussies because, as we've noted before, uh, the uh, per-square-foot uh, population of poisonous, venomous, and angry and irksome uh, insects and, and, and reptiles and mammals even means that you're being killed off at probably a much larger rate than, let's say, the Canadians uh, or the Belgians or, dare I even say, the French. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of rep- – I believe that it's going to be that each one of you is going to become more rare and more valuable in acquisition. And the cost of acquisition is only going to go up. So uh, we, we're starting our new uh, Refer a Friend Australian program uh, where if, if, you, uh, br- if you are Australian and you bring another Australian into the material uh, family of listeners, uh, you will get a sticker, a, a, a very very nice sticker uh, that uh, – well, 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 it might have come off that of you can Chiquita buy a sticker here. mule. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll figure we'll figure it out. We'll we'll figure it out. I mean, <laughs> you might have to wait for a bulk order. Also, we have to make sure that the person that you have selected or you yourself actually lives long enough to actually affect our stats. So stay healthy, and once again, keep spreading the gospel of uh, of uh, material wherever their flag shall fly. So. Bring a mate, mate should be our tagline for that one. I'm just, I'm just putting Bring it out mate, there. Bring a mate, mate. Bring a mate, mate. And he does, and he or she doesn't even have to be a designated driver. You can both be bombed. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we. Uh, I have to bring this up. We got a really interesting. As long as you don't drive. Not to move on from the Australian thing, but we got a really interesting email from someone, Andy. Um, I don't know if you remember many episodes ago, uh, Andy suggested we watch the internship and we do a commentary on it, and we did. We'll, we'll put that link in the show notes for those of you that are that are brave enough to wave in. But uh, David, one of our listeners, emailed in, and he confessed that he actually went back and watched it again, and then like re-listened to our commentary, and he actually seemed to have enjoyed it. I, I don't know what went wrong, what misfired there, but oh yeah. man. David, you just got to seek professional help, man. Like, I, <laughs> no, 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 no. Secret. Why would you put yourself through that? We we are the kingmakers for executives who want to be uh, rise on the way up, but we're also the sriracha or the bacon. That if you can you can add bacon to avocado, and suddenly you've got a taste treat. No matter how I bad lo- that I movie is, avocado. our commentary makes it I love good. Avocado. <laughs> I, don't, I I shouldn't have chosen. Av- I actually do also I enjoy love avocado. avocado. Yeah, you got to think of something else. Uh, I, 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 what's see, that, I was about, I was about to say broccoli, thing? and then I was, then I had to correct myself that no, nothing can make broccoli taste good 
what's what's that thing you put on the in the toast, Russell? The Australian. Oh, thing? Vegemite. Uh, Vegemite. Put bacon on Vegemite. It tastes Ooh, delicious. That's we, not a bad we are, idea. We are the, bacon, we are the, probably done that. the podcast to your We are the monosodium Vegemite. glutamate of, bacon of, to your of podcasts. We add umami <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a shockingly spike to your, to your, uh, to your salt intake. So, uh, David, yeah, please seek some help because uh, no, one, no one should live through putting themselves uh, through that pain over and over again. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, get, get that figured out. But um, it's uh, fun. We did have another email where they were talking about that they traveled through 41 U.S. states and three Canadian provinces. And what was, uh, what was the other one? He, he traveled around the Americas, so, you know, North America, listening to material. And although, no, they probably didn't listen to material at each one of those states or the provinces, uh, but at least he, he thinks that at least 12 of those states' material has been listened in. So we're, we're just, like, been on a road trip this yeah, whole time. I, you just take us on a road trip. i got to give props to Bo because he's, he said, oh, I've been to 41 states, three Canadian provinces, oh, but I only listened to material in at most 12 of those. I'm like, oh, come on, Bo, were we that boring? Did you run it? He probably ran out of shows, actually. We need to do more than like one, you know, one hour a week. Well, the other question is that did you feel as though like uh, some of these states, the political or the religious environment was such that you feel as though we would not want to be in those climates? Like if, if it's like one of those states where they don't uh, they don't really like same sex couples uh, marrying. Uh, I mean, we, we again, listen to us wherever you'd like. I mean, I've, I, I'm all for uh, same sex, uh, same sex marriage. But I, I will never know if you don't uh, turn the show, turn the show on in, in an offensive state. I want to give a quick update to uh, the listeners out there is that I was ranting on Twitter about T-Mobile and then I had all these questions about, are you not longer on Project Fi? What's going on? And I just kind of want to clear the air here. Uh, over, over the weekend, my mom's Samsung phone, uh, she just got like a hand-me-down from Exploded. Exploded. It was an... Exploded? No, it did not Sorry, explode. To, thankfully, to. thankfully, uh, it was an. I think it was a Samsung S3, so it was pretty old. And her phone just like would not the would not turn on anymore, and it was going bad. And I go, "Hey, mom, you know, I have a I have a phone you can have." And the she like called me right away, or for my sister's phone, and was like, "Hey, what, what what's the phone I can have?" I was like, "Settle down. I gotta gotta delete all the stuff, you know, set it up for you." Uh, but what actually was happening, and I was hugging my Moto X and saying goodbye to it because it was such a good phone for me uh, for so long. And but you know it was, it was ready to be used by someone else. So I fixed up the Moto X, and I was helping my mom set up her phone, and she's on T-Mobile. And I called them, and I was like on hold for forever. Had them call me back, and all this stuff. And I'm trying to set up the phone when they realize, oh, you know, you need a, another SIM card because the the SIM you can't reuse a SIM card, which I didn't I didn't know that, which now I know. I guess like you can't just assign a new number to a SIM card; you have to buy a new one. Uh, and because my mom's phone had a a bigger size SIM card, I had to actually buy a smaller one. So, anyways, the the person on the phone was like, hey, you know, go to the T-Mobile store; they'll be able to set this up for you and go get a SIM card there. And I was like. Ah, fine. Okay. There's like a T-Mobile store not so far from my house. We can just go do that. And there only should be only be like ten bucks because I think I purchased a SIM card before. They were like ten bucks. And I get to the store and I'm talking to the the person. And since my mom's not the primary account holder, they're like, we won't be able to set up the phone for you, but we'll be able to sell you a SIM card and it's twenty dollars. And I go, twenty dollars? It's like ten bucks on your online or something. And he goes. No, that's that's what we have him at the store. He, and he told me the T Mobile representative told me, I think Best Buy has them t- for cheaper, but this is what we have them as. And I was just like, 
So you're telling me you're going to have to, I'm going to have to pay $20 just to buy a SIM card so I can go through the whole process of me calling T-Mobile directly and having them set up the phone. Like they just would not help me. And my mom was about ready to hand over the $20. And I was like, no, mom, we're not doing this. And I was like, we, we walked over to Best Buy and got a $5 SIM card and, you know, finally set that all up. And I was venting on, on, uh, on Twitter as people do. And, you know, everyone was like, what's going on? Are you, you leaving Project Fi, T-Mobile? No, I was helping my mom set up her phone. So I am on Project Fi. I still love Project Fi. Um, and the best part is I don't have to deal with, uh, you know, going, going to the store and having that whole ordeal. Yes, of course, if I needed to buy a new SIM card, I couldn't go directly to, to Best Buy and do it. But that was, uh, that was painful. So I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to deal with a carrier anymore. I'm sorry for everyone else that has to still deal with carriers and go through that whole, whole uh, ordeal with stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I find it interesting in Australia. We've, I think all our carriers are SIM card based. I think you have some like Verizon that didn't used to have SIM cards or currently don't have SIM cards. But here it's, it's funny. We have one of the most egregious, terrible carriers that a lot of people are on just because they have good coverage, Telstra, I'll name them. But they have a policy that you can just walk in and get a SIM card at any time because we had that weird thing during testing. We had the, the normal size SIM, which was actually not the biggest SIM ever available. They used to come in credit card size and they went to like little size and they went to smaller and now they're like at nano or something. And for, like, Yeah, nano size, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so for a while we actually bought some some uh, SIM card cutters. So I don't know if you know, but there's certain sizes you can yep. just cut between because the, the little chip is like a certain size. So we were cutting between them. Every now and again, we'd miss and we'd chomp a card in half and we're like, whoops, can't go back from that. Oh, and no. so we'd walk into the Telstra store and be like, um, can I please have a micro SIM for this account? And quite a few times, they didn't even verify my identity. They're just like, here you go. And I'm like, oh, the perfect way to steal someone's phone number. You just walk in and you'd be like, can I have a SIM card for this number? And they'd be like, here you go. And it deactivates the other SIM card. And you get a new one. I'm like, yes. So one day, yes, I mean, I'm going to use this in some, in some kind of a evil plot. Yeah, this is why I don't sweat so much the the security of trusting information to Google, for instance, because I know that my data is so insecure in 800,000 different ways, and it's usually something stupid like, you know, a technic- I suppose we should ask for some ID, but it's 2 p.m. on a Saturday, and there's nobody here in the store, and I really wanted to get back to my World of Warcraft game here behind the counter, so here's a stack of SIM cards. Help yourself, son. <laughs> SIM cards, man. They should just give them away. It's just give them away. Make people happy. But uh, t- no one at T-Bowl will reach out to me anymore because it's done with. It's it's not even my account. I don't want a discount. I don't care. Just it's done. Just leave me alone. No. Uh, they, their online representatives, of course, or on social media try to help me. And I was like, please, I have already settled this. Like, no, go, f- go fix your store stuff. Uh, but I will say one other funny story about trying to set up my mom's phone is that I changed the language to Spanish um, in the U.S. because you can go through all the different languages. And I was laughing because I didn't realize this, that when you change the language, it also changes the language of like the Google Play Store or, or the, that you're at. So I was seeing reviews in Spanish and I was laughing so hard because I went to go look at Google Maps reviews and it had some uh, pretty choice words for Google Maps. <laughs> and I was I was laughing because I was like, oh my goodness, uh, are we? Are you allowed to put like uh, curse words on the Play Store? And you probably aren't, but no one's catching this because they're not checking the Spanish uh, versions of this. So I was just, it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> so there you go, listeners. <laughs> if you want to get your cursing on, it's time to switch to Spanish. <laughs> I actually played. So I didn't um, know that. I didn't know if you uh, you could. I didn't know if you knew that you once you switch your language on the phone, it t- changes like the Play Store. 
No, I, I had no idea you could do that. I'm going to be trying this mm. for all sorts of different languages. I I play football sort of uh, on the weekends with some people, lots of people from South America and bits of North America, and I've learned all the swear words, Yasmin. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go to the Play Store. <laughs> I can I can test some of them out. I'm more wondering what happens to your Google profile when Google learns that oh she has switched to a different language. Interesting. <laughs> I wonder what ads oh, you're going to get that. now that you didn't get before. Like, yeah, I, you know, I she's, she's suddenly mom, dating so somebody know. or not, she suddenly decided that I'm going to embrace my, co- my culture and my heritage. I'm not going to – I have no idea. There must be something somewhere that says we must know something about this person because they, they switch languages. Just uh, – yeah. I, I guess maybe they don't switch to the British store because all the reviews are four stars, five stars, <laughs> and you don't know what's bad. They're Ever. like, this, this app is okay. This? this does a reasonable also, job. It it's always just, starts with the word "sorry." It's, I'm, I'm sorry to report. Sorry, but, so, so, sorry my my my, uh, my my all my data got. I'm sorry, my my data got lost, and um, uh, right after installing the app, and then, um, sorry, <laughs> once the twenty more pounds in order to get my data back. So um, I had to give it three and a half stars on the basis that uh, before it stole my data, it, it was brilliant. Brilliant. It was working brilliant. I think, I think it tweeted on my behalf, but I can't be sure. Five stars. <laughs> I think it's overtaken my you know, Google account Don't, and changed I, my password. I hope, that's, uh, that's probably I, four stars. Sorry, I, I Mike, hope our dear listening. leader, Mike, isn't listening. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I'll, he's going to apologize to us. He's going to apologize yeah, to us. Yeah, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry. That's the good thing about British and Canadian people. Like, you can offend them, and they'll be the ones to say sorry. Like, you've, I don't know if you've ever been to England, Yasmin, but you bump into someone, and they're like, sorry. I'm like, I, I bumped into you. Why are you sorry? All right. I, I can live with this. I've never, never been. Never been. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe i got to go there. Or uh, maybe not so much right now in the current state. I'll, I'm going to head over to Canada. 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 <laughs> Canada. Cross the border into Canada. <laughs> I, I will say speaking as well, speaking of, Canada, of, speaking of foreign listeners, we, we do have at least 30% of our listening population are on the iOS platform and iOS is out now. iOS 10 is out. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to risk it, go software update, you know, grab all the goodness, the messaging stickers and all the other stuff that, that Apple have for you. It's out now, which, which I think is exciting. It's always exciting to see like new software drop. And this is not an Apple show, so we're not going to go through what's in iOS 10, but I just thought it was cool to know that, you know, there's a, there's a massive release out there for, for them to get excited about. Yeah, and, you know, we are a part of Relay FM, which is a, you know, a very – there's a lot of people that like Apple on the on the network. Um, and so I was looking at some of the tweets, and I saw one of the screenshots for the lock screen with the widgets, and it, like, had the search bar at the top. And I was like, hey, that reminds me of, like, the Google search at the top. Uh, and even the background was, like, a background. I don't know if the person just chose it or something. was very uh, – it reminded me, like, Android, something that you would find on Android. So it was so interesting to see. And I'm like, oh, and you have, like, those interactive notifications and widgets that you can use stuff with? Look at you, fancy iOS. So congratulations to iOS uh, people. You're going to be able to do stuff within uh, widgets and notifications. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Pity about the headphone jack, though. <laughs> oh, we tried to bring that up. Ooh. 
Yes. No, actually, it's 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 great. You see, but you see, we're now at the point where both uh, platforms are so rich and so uh, well built out that they can't help but not even take uh, take cues from each other. But we're not at the refinements where uh, a good idea is now a good idea. Where each platform is kind of pointing out to each other uh, gaps in your expertise and knowledge. Actually, I think both of them are now taking a big lesson from uh, Snapchat and WhatsApp. Uh, in that uh, both of them, when the when the key, when, I would never have thought that a, a, a marquee feature of both uh, what is both of Android and iOS in 2016 was going to be simply we're adding functionality to the messaging app because both uh, both companies recognize that this is very much the center of the phone experience uh, for so many people. Uh, in the case of Google, adding uh, really what looked to be smart, smart, smart uh, assistant features. Uh, Baked right into the app, so you can basically have conversations that are helpful with uh, with with non fake people. But then uh, on Apple, uh, one of the biggest flurry of downloads today have have been applications that integrate with iOS's new Messages app. So you can have uh, it's not so much that there's a smart assistant built into it, but now uh, an app like Evernote can have functionality that's baked right into Messages. Open Table can now have functionality. Wallet programs can be baked right into Messages, so that instead of saying, "Oh, that's right," I, I Thanks, thanks for picking up uh, breakfast this morning. I owe you like fifteen dollars, and then leaving the app, going into a wallet app, and then doing it, then coming back. So, okay, it should come in. <laughs> really, just firing up the app as a message, saying, "Here is your dough." Uh, that's pretty sophisticated. It's, it's definitely stuff that's not, maybe not for people. Uh, it's not for people like me who saw the TV show Mash in first run, as opposed to being exposed to it in syndication. But it's really an exciting advance. Yeah, it'll be interesting when Allo uh, finally gets uh, released and seeing how they kind of the differences being able to because it, it's about doing a lot of those smart uh, functionalities like and cool features within the messaging app. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the Google Assistant you know provides more useful information instead of having to kind of go in and open uh, an app. I don't I don't even know how the interaction is, Russell. You kind of have to go in and open. Like if you were to do it, a reservation in iOS for, messages, you now have apps built in, so you can you can get apps directly into your messaging app. So you could do. I know Mike and Federico and Stephen on Connected do a much better job of talking about this. If you're interested in finding out more, but you you basically like let's say you're working on a to do list or whatever. I can send you my to do list from Todoist or whatever, and you get like a little view that is that to do list. You can add stuff to it, and then you send it back to me. And there is there is like collaboration sort of built in that way. Sticker packs are another huge thing. I've seen lots of artists. Um, get really excited because you know you can you can generate a bunch of images you can drop them into xcode and submit it to the store you don't necessarily have to have any code around that if you don't want to so i'm sure there's going to be an explosion of, of sticker packs for the store as well yeah, it's it is kind of sad that it's impossible that this is something that actually Renee Ritchie, uh, my friend, was tweeting that I, I could not retweet hard enough. That's it's pathetic. That uh, I'll put in my words, it's pathetic. That it's, it's almost impossible to get a user to spend two ninety nine for an app. But the number of people who are buying like five two dollar Disney packs of stickers is just it makes you sad. <laughs> yes, as a developer, this makes me weep, Andy. But I do I do have a solution. Straight straight to your AirPods, this episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Yes, you need to put both AirPods in your ears so you can hear this in stereo. So this episode, like Yasmin says, is brought to you by Linode. Uh, Linode is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world, which makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. Uh, you can get a server up and running in under a minute. In fact, I, I launched two just yesterday. I clicked the button, boom, boom, straight there. Uh, plans start at just $10 a month, which gets you two gigabytes of RAM. 
uh, you'll be able to choose your resources. So you can choose which Linux distribution you want to run, um, which part of the world you want to be located in, you know, which data center. It's all really easy to do and easy to set up. You know, Linode are really, really good at this stuff. So what are some things you might use this for? So you can run um, your own private Git server. You know, if you want to host your own code, you don't want it in a public repository. You might want to host a large database. So we do a lot of this at, you know, Shifty Jelly. We have... I think five or six databases last time I counted across 23 servers is what we're up to now on Linode. Uh, you can run a mail server. You can operate powerful applications. You can do so much more. Basically, anything that, that you're like, oh, I could use a machine in the cloud for, like Linode is perfect for it. You've got, like I said, native SSD storage. You've got a 40 gigabit network you've got access to. And it's sitting in a proper data center, you know, all managed and, and fast and reliable. So as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com, so that's L-I-N-O-D-E.com slash material, uh, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards your first plan. And it also comes with a seven-day money-back guarantee. So for whatever, whatever reason, you're like, this is too powerful, I can't, I can't take it, you can get your money back, no problems. So again, linode.com slash material to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or you can use the offer code material20 at checkout. And we want to thank Linode so much for supporting this show and all of FM. So other bit of news that has uh, been going on, you know, since uh, we last recorded is that Samsung Galaxy uh, Note 7, you know, fiasco that uh, is uh, is kind of going on. You know, we've heard there's been some uh, car explosions, like someone's car actually exploded. Uh, there was a six, six-year-old kid who I think later we found out wasn't actually holding a Note 7, uh, but that had gone to the hospital because they burned their hands. And so, like, it is a big deal. Like, people are actually uh, hurting themselves uh, w- by using the Note 7. So first, we want to start off by saying, if you have a Note 7, power it down and, you know, go through the process of, of returning it, getting getting it all taken care of. Uh, first, we want to say that. But it, we, I want to share a story of a listener that wrote in because we were talking about last time, like, hey, you know, Samsung's doing a good job of, uh, you know, notifying people, making sure they actually get it returned. Uh, But I guess in the States, it was actually a bit more difficult than it was in Australia, Russell. And they, you know, we we had one listener who was like about to get married. They were going to get married in two weeks and they just got the Note 7 and they had to go through the whole fiasco of like Verizon was not even making it a big deal and not even saying that they could return it. They've made it pretty, like it was a big hurdle for them to overcome. Um, and then they ended up getting, I think it was the S, the uh, Samsung S7, uh, which the Note is more expensive and they were going to lose out on the money. And once, you know, they, they complained, they, well, they wrote a medium piece to kind of share their story um, and to let people know and someone finally reached out like a social media manager and was able to re- reimburse them the money that was lost. Uh, but what it seems like it hasn't been as easy as we all thought, which is, which is a shame, which is really a shame. Yeah, so from everything I've been able to, to hear, and I, I did have a brief conversation with Christina Warren as well about this, and it sounds like the recall in Australia has been like immaculately managed. You know, they sent push notifications, they sent SMSs. I even got a phone call on the weekend. So I got a phone call from Samsung that says, hey, you know, this is Samsung Australia. Um, we understand you have one of the Note 7s. You know, what would you like to do? You can basically, um, we can swap it for a new one on the 21st or you can come in and get an S7 Edge and we'll refund you the difference or we'll refund your money entirely. Like you, you had those three choices and they've been really, really proactive about it. Like every single store here in Australia that I've been to knows about the recall. They're happy to, to swap the phone. They're happy to give you a refund. You know, Samsung's clearly in all their distributors here um, to handle it. It sounds like the same thing hasn't happened in the US. And you might think maybe that's a scale issue. Obviously, the US, many, many, many more stores in Australia. But I still feel like 
Samsung is very kind of divisional and regional. I feel like whoever runs the Australian operation or the Asia-Pacific operation really has that part now down. It sounds like, you know, whatever team is running the, the US one just is not is not as coordinated. So um, I, in the end, I, I opted to, to swap mine for a new one because I still want, you know, a Note 7 for testing and whatever. So they just said, look, you know, power it off. If you want us to send you a replacement phone, we'll send you a replacement phone. And, you know, can we have your business address? So we, we'll send a courier out to pick up the, the broken one. And when the courier comes, they'll just give you a new one in a box. You know, there's nothing else you have to do. It's just a straight swap. And yeah, that's inconvenient, but it's it's quite well managed for them, I think. Like at least here in Australia, it seems like they've done a good job. And just anecdotally, I was also talking to a friend, um, Peter Wells. He's a journalist at the Sydney Morning Herald. And he had the same story. He's like, yep, Samsung called me. And he's like, the weird part is they called me. I only had one of their review devices for 10 days because he, you know, reviews new devices. Whatever. He's like, they called me anyway. They're like, hey, we believe you have one of these. And he's like, well, no, actually, <laughs> I, I've sent it back. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think things are moving forward a little bit, at least. Uh, I think maybe uh, possibly one of the reasons why things are slowing down in the U.S. is that uh, Samsung is now working officially in the U.S. with the Consumer Product Safety Commission, which uh, will give consumers a lot more protection uh, from any damage and basically makes it from, gee, isn't Samsung being nice to replace these phones that that have a tendency to catch fire to they are going to replace everything and they have to. And also, more importantly, uh, just as importantly, uh, to make sure that any dealers who have existing stock uh, know that it is illegal to sell these things if they are, if Samsung is working on a formal recall uh, with the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Otherwise, they could just simply say, look, we can sell these three, four that are left. It's probably not effective. So and these, these uh, purchasers are probably going to deal with it themselves. But it really is uh, super important that you really do. As the Consumer Product Safety Commission decided to make a statement on their own saying, uh, we advise people to <laughs> disconnect it immediately. Do not charge it and discontinue use immediately. Um, there was, of course, a story that was in the uh, New York uh, Daily News or the New York Post uh, about a Note 7 uh, exploding and burning a six-year-old boy. Uh, good news, it wasn't a Note 7. It was a Samsung Galaxy Core Prime from a couple of years ago. But that points out, actually, uh, another, as long as we're talking about exploding phones, uh, I don't know what happened with this person's phone. However... Realize that when you buy a lot of discount batteries, if you buy discount uh, phone chargers, a lot of the reasons why these are so cheap is that they are not safe to use. The uh, problems with uh, exploding batteries, uh, especially as we recall, uh, these uh, the winter of, uh, of of hoverboards catching fire. It's not that it was bad technology; it's that people put uh, these manufacturers trying to cut sixty dollars off the price, put cut rate batteries that just aren't built uh, correctly. The charging circuits just are no good. Uh, so that's why it's super super important. The one thing that I, I'm a cheapskate in so many regards. The one thing I will always pay top dollar for to ensure that I'm getting not a no name, not a third party, but a factory made article uh, is when i'm getting a replacement battery or a charger uh, and if you're buying stuff on amazon also make sure that whatever whoever you buy a replacement battery or replacement charger from is a you're you're buying it stocked by and sold by amazon in the listing because Amazon is unfortunately just fraught with uh, with uh, the counterfeit products. It is so easy to I got caught with that myself. I ordered a uh, in the early days, three, two or three years ago, I ordered a uh, battery for my Olympus camera. That uh, the only thing it was an Olympus box, Olympus branding, Olympus everything. It's uh, had I had a side by side in a pocket with like three or four of my other Olympus uh, made batteries. And the only thing way I could find figure out that it was not a genuine Olympus battery was this was the one that would only take like forty. 
pictures before dying. Uh, but it could have been the one that would <laughs> that exploded inside my camera. So it's probably the one where I just didn't, I wasn't careful, or it's before I figured this stuff out. Uh, so absolutely, just like I said, unplug it. Don't even use it. It's just not, uh, just not use it. Uh, and uh, the word, of course, is getting out. Uh, and uh, the FAA, for instance, also had an official press release on September 8th saying, in light of recent incidents and concern raised by Samsung about its Galaxy Note 7 devices, the FAA strongly advises passengers not to turn on or charge these devices onboard air- aircraft and not to stow them in any checked baggage. Uh, the European Ag- uh, Aviation Safety Agency has uh, released a similar press release, and many airlines are now uh, endorsing this advice as part of their official policy. A lot of people are tweeting about how, as they board the plane, uh, they, part of the pilot's announcement is, if you have a Samsung Galaxy Note 7, disconnect it. Do not to use it inside the inside the cabin. Do not use it until you leave the aircraft. And boy... All, you know, any advertising, any advertising is good advertising. Word of mouth, you can't beat this word of mouth. No, my so get, that's, my that's, give me one of these Galaxy Note Seven. Yeah, that's that, that's the. It's going to be it's going to be fun uh, in a few months when we see the get the Samsung earnings call for this quarter because who knows when the fallout of this is going to end because this is becoming synonymous with phone exploding on fire uh if there's uh, anybody could have a bum battery and the and a phone ignites i think that uh, most most uh, slightly careless news agencies when they report a story like this will just assume that it's a samsung phone uh and so what a bad and what a bad time for this to happen uh they of uh, the the last there's 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 so much stuff we could go through that we should get to actual news but uh, i couldn't help but notice a stat that uh, was put together by uh, buzzfeed uh lots of different sites have been noticing how far the market value of Samsung as a company has gone down. Uh, immediately after that FAA press release, Samsung lost $10 billion of its market value uh, by people saying, yeah, maybe I don't want to hold on to this stock. Uh, it is now down $26 billion since announcing the recall on September 2nd. Uh, and and uh, BuzzFeed was nice enough to translate into Samsung has lost an entire Hewlett Packard in market value. An entire market dominant corporation's value has disappeared. Now, granted, uh, Samsung is worth $216 billion. They'll probably be okay, but it's going to take a while before people really start to trust uh, this company again. Even even worse, I just keep thinking about all these consumers in America who – they take their phone back to the store. They get their seven hundred. Now they have eight hundred dollars in cash that they had spent on a phone that is now in their hands. They're now in a phone store right as the iPhone Seven Plus uh, and Seven yep. is coming into the store. <laughs> so this could be an opportunity for Apple to make sure that people people know where that nice Android tra- Android transition app is uh, on the Android Play Store and know that make sure that they know that the Apple Music app is multi-platform, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, this is this is interesting because it, I think it's definitely jumped that gap, Andy, from. Everyone in the tech world, you know, knows that these phones have the potential to to explode. To like everybody in the real world now knows there have been enough news articles. Basically, every single flight here in Australia, they've been announcing if you have a Galaxy Note Seven, you know, power it down. So apparently, some of them have even been confiscating them and not allowing them on the flight. I don't know if that's just them being extra zealous. Um, I saw someone make the observation that they've been collecting them and then mailing them to people, and that's also going via airplane. But you know, <laughs> not, not quite sure what's happening there. But I didn't think of it that one. Is definitely everyone you talk to now. I don't. 
I, I think the real problem with the brand damage here is that I don't know if people outside our circle know that it's specifically just the Note 7. It's, it almost seems like there is the potential to, for this to translate into like Samsung phones sometimes explode and that's, that's really bad for your brand if that, that sort of thing sticks. Yeah, the, the funny thing is I saw my mother-in-law over the weekend and she was like, what phone do you have? And it was like the 6P, why are you asking? And she's like, oh, you don't have one of those Samsung Note 7 ones, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I don't, I don't have one of those phones. This means but like so, I wouldn't even touch yeah, one of those phones. I was like, excuse me, why would you, how would, <laughs> how dare you, how dare you? Uh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, I, which is a, which is a good thing because people that are not in the tech industry are finding out about this and you really need to go turn the phone off and go get it replaced, go take care of it. Uh, so man, please, please go, go get uh, that taken care of. And this is, this is where I'm gra- glad that we don't work in some kind of PR agency where Samsung comes to you. They're like, how do we fix this problem? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you do, man. I don't even know how Just, you recover from this in the <laughs> short term. Uh, try to make the process as painless as possible, yeah. which uh, in some parts it's going so well other parts not so well so um anyways that sucks would not want to be samsung pr right now just glad, i'm i'm just good to i'm just happy that i am google pr and not samsung pr so <laughs> it's good <laughs> just wait till the new pixel phones start exploding as me that'll be on your case no 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 no, no. And, and i'll just be like yeah i'm just a nexus user you know i'm not a <laughs> pixel user <laughs> i'm just kidding well, let's see. Uh, we talked a little bit of, uh, about iOS before. Just a quickie: uh, the Google, uh, the cardboard camera app is. It, I never know where to put the inflection on that. It's. A, it seems as though it's. If I say cardboard camera, it just seems like a camera made out of cardboard. There needs to be like a, a, a syllable that, if I inflect exactly that syllable, we all agree what that is. That if we say cardboard camera. That's the that's the Google Cardboard VR app. Well, whatever. It's uh, now on iOS, which means that you can now both capture and view 360-degree uh, IR uh, uh, and even uh, two – basically the Google Cardboard uh, stereo apps uh, will now work on iOS, which is nice because of so many iPhone users out there that have uh, really, really, really good cameras. Also, remember that uh, Google is integrating Google uh, – cardboard into uh, a lot of their educational initiatives uh, for instance they just had a uh, an announcement about how they are wiring up they're, they're adding a vr interactive experience to a lot of the dinosaur exhibits in uh, actual museums all across the world uh, they added for instance I, I think it was a google cardboard enhancement to one of the big i don't know the technical term but i i, I believe the big ass dinosaurs uh, in a museum of uh, uh, skeletons that's uh, mounted in a, uh, in a in a german museum but if you're looking at it through cardboard there'll be you you can actually see it like with skin you can see it like it's like it's a living breathing thing uh so the idea of expanding it to ios isn't just hopefully trying to get more people to understand that google uh, cardboard camera exists but also to so many kids are actually being sent into school with much nicer phones than i can afford uh, and so if you they've got an iphone uh, they should be able to get into the fun as well yeah, and let's hope it's not the kind of fun that my coworkers made me experience, Andy. So we have a HTC Vive here in the office, and I think I was in Melbourne for three days, like when I missed the, the show last time, and I came back and they're like, all right, we're not going to tell you anything about this game. You're just going to put on this headset and try it. And I'm transported into a world that's, you know, jungles and everything's tropical. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And all of a sudden I'm being attacked by dinosaurs and the only way to save yourself is to shoot the dinosaurs and i'm like well this is interesting and for a while i'm like oh i don't want to shoot the dinosaurs but then when they started like killing me i'm like die dinosaurs die so 
yeah, hopefully the museums don't don't give you that experience. But that you know that that's an alternate view. <laughs> In any event, I really encourage everybody, uh, both Android users and iOS users, to definitely download uh, the Cardboard Camera app. You'll be surprised when you're just traveling around. If you get yourself in the habit of capturing 360-degree views of interesting places you go, there's nothing like being able to, a year or 10 years later, being able to sort of free look, (laughs) stand back at that same place, and just look around wherever you want to go and re-notice things that maybe that you didn't see the first time. I'm, I sort of got into that habit. It's, it's not my default thing of when I'm kind of tired of walking around this museum, but I don't want to look like I'm tired and exhausted because I f- still feel as though I'm very young in my in my thinking. Uh, <laughs> I could say, oh, I'm just going to stand. I'm just going to stand here at the top of the staircase and take a 360 degree panorama. I'd like to keep walking, but I just got to stand in this one place until I get the whole panorama done. And it's <laughs> the, the stuff you see later on. It really does bring you back to that spot. So I highly recommend it. <laughs> Some other fun fun bit of news is that Fortune has had a terrific article or, you know, profile on Google CFO Ruth Porat. Is it Porat? I'm going to say Porat. And she is actually number 13 on the most powerful women list. Um, And so they had a a fun, you know, profile on her and kind of sharing um, how she got to Google and also the work that she's doing at Google. And I I love the, the kind of the headline that they use. It's like, CFO Ruth Porat is pushing Google creatives in quotation marks to bring their costs under control. So uh, she's she's coming rolling rolling with an iron fist. <laughs> well, not not you know you're making your sound like Margaret Thatcher and by all the 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 it's a great profile and it also makes it. Uh, and underscores both her uh, the role that she was hired to perform, the task she's doing, and the sensitivity with which she's doing it. Uh, it's no we've been talking ever since the restructuring uh, the everything's restructured under uh, under uh, alphabet that one of the things that we're uh, seeing as an eff- a knock-on effect is that a lot of these moonshot projects a lot of these uh, other projects that uh, are not making money they're just sort of exploratory there's now a new expectation that they at least be on some sort of a road some sort of a track towards becoming a, a, an actual shippable product and also that the costs of working on these moonshot projects be somewhat brought into line. Uh, and uh, Ruth Parrott, as the uh, chief financial officer, uh, appears to be doing that. There's a lot of, uh, and, there, and there's a lot of uh, commentary inside, both with people that are, they seem to be a little bit frustrated that they're worried that uh, Google is not going to become this great exploratory company that pursues wonderful ideas, whether or not uh, there is a proven product at the end of that trail. Uh, but uh, they talk about doing things like uh, encouraging people to take meetings uh, virtually instead of doing so much traveling. Uh, one thing that uh, was ruffling a few feathers was the idea that uh, each of these little divisions that's producing these these projects has to sort of account for all of the all of the resources that they use. So, for instance, if uh, there's one division that uh, needed a, it was sort of being run like a little company, and at the end of the year they received a bill from Alphabet for five hundred thousand dollars for the PR services that they consumed over the course of that of that year. So it's not as though you're still getting your free burritos, you're still getting your free checks mix in the morning, but realize that if you put big big drains on the company. 
don't use these because you think that there's an endless uh, there's an endless trough available. At some point, there's going to be a bill. I'm skipping ahead to a section of the start, section of it uh, where I'm quoting right here from the uh, from the Fortune article. Peratt herself recently told an audience that quote you can't cost cut your way to greatness unquote though she declined to speak on the record for this article. Yet that principle hasn't stopped the company from cutting, and a recent string of executive departures suggests that some cuts are drawing blood. In short, the hoodie honeymoon phase is over. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Eric Schmidt uh, himself uh, says that the uh, the chairman of the coal company uh, got a quote from him saying the cost cutting is real and it's the right thing to be done. And it's driven by Parat. Schmidt says before she was there, we had lost discipline. Uh, and uh, it seems as though that this is the case of exactly the right person coming at the right time. Uh, she had a uh, stellar career, uh, an entire career at uh, Morgan Stanley, the financial house, uh, starting out uh, most largely working with uh, high tech startups and managing their uh, managing their uh, their pu- their first public offerings. Oftentimes, being very very firm and saying, "Look, you're pricing the stock way too high. You're gonna this this first off this first day of sale is gonna stall if we price it that high." And getting yelled at because she doesn't know what she's doing. But then that's the secret. By having so many winners in a row, uh, absolutely being uh, being uh, uh, respected for that. Finally, making her way all the way up to chief financial officer. And uh, the, if you read nothing else, uh, you can read just the first two or three paragraphs. It opens with a story from January of 2015. She's chief financial office, uh, officer of Morgan Stanley. Uh, and she's it's the winner. She slips and falls on ice, shatters her shoulder just in a kajillion pieces. And they they pick the, and the, the EMT say, OK, you're going to the hospital and we'll we'll we'll, we'll get you right into surgery. And she says, nope. Just strap me, strap my shoulder together. I'm going to work because they were two days before their quarterly earnings call and that she had to manage. So she, as soon and literally (laughs) as soon as so she was doing all of that with a broken shoulder that had not been done nothing but just you know (laughs) a shot of whiskey, give me a pencil to bite down on every every three hours. I'm good. And literally as soon as that call was over, she went right from the office to the hospital for surgery. But she was back. Almost immediately, uh, and they're telling, and the people who were there telling the stories of she, her fingers were black and purple, <laughs> but she was there every single day for work. I like this. They said she refused painkillers, saying that would impair her judgment and put in two there long work go. days after the Tuesday morning <laughs> call. Oh man, um, that is dedication that I'm not sure I'm not sure I would have, but it's uh, amazing. All I know is that whether I need to go in with her to have a – if I'm going in with her saying, hey, Mrs. Executive Boardroom Man, my programmers are nuts, nuts don't have to pay for their own bus passes. Well, as I'm walking up to that, that, that office about to make that argument, I'm thinking, this is a woman who forsook painkillers because she was so focused on her job and getting it done. Do I think I can win an argument with this person? Uh, I don't, I'm not really sure that I can do that. But, uh, but all the thing that comes through with all the people that uh, this article talks to is that she's not just, hey, she's yelled, she gets what she wants because she yells and she's irrational. People are scared of her. Uh, and it makes it, people are, are telling her that, no, she knows how to deliver bad news in a way that I understand that this is a decision that I don't like, but it was made with a lot of thought. Uh, and so people are happy, but they don't think as though they haven't been heard and they're being mistreated. They think that okay, this is this is uh, under new management and someone who's going to help out the company. Yeah, it's always uh, you know 
fun when, or not fun, but like when you, someone is in kind of an, in a management position or a position that really has to make a lot of decisions. And as someone that you work, you know, you work under these people and you're, sometimes there's people that you're just like, seriously, do we have to go with that decision? Like that just doesn't make any sense. Um, but you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I really wish we could move forward with what, you know, I want to do, but I really respect you. And I think it's like, Obviously, you've had a lot of thought in this. You have, um, you've shown, you've been able to show how how much insight you really do bring into the field. Not not just years of experience because that can mean nothing. But it's like you've actually proven yourself that this is uh, you're you're well, um, you know, educated in all this and have all this uh, this experience and whatnot. But the the kind of bringing back to that point that you said, um, Andy, was they there was a quote that said, "Ruth is the only person who can deliver bad news to me, and I still like her." Um, so I think that just that says a lot about her, and I think that's a. Uh, that's really good, especially for a company like Google, who has been known to be able to just, let's just go do everything that we want. And uh, who cares if it's going to make us money because we're a part of Google. And yes, maybe the project will get killed off later. Uh, but we're kind of Google, you know, the, the moonshot projects. And like we've said, it's we've been seeing that there's kind of this new trend where they're kind of trying to limit that back. But I'm glad that they have uh, someone that's kind of leading that and initiative and is able to do it um, in a way that people just really res- respect her and really just kind of admi- admire her for, for what she's doing. So um, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty cool. If uh, if I guess if anyone's going to do it, pour it can. That's good. That should be her tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get you get really you get really impressed. There's also a section where how uh, during the 2008 financial crisis, uh, <laughs> this is this is this is almost comical. Okay, it's it's so it's so impressive. So uh, <clears throat> Morgan Stanley, uh, the when the, the the heads of the company uh, received a call from Hank Paulson, who was then the Secretary of the United States Secretary of the Treasury, because uh, he was assembling a team to figure out how to fix Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, all these uh, lenders, uh, said, quote, I need the best minds you have to help figure out what to do, uh, Paulson told Mac. Mac sent two top bankers, Parat and Bob Scully. Bob, Bob Scully. Uh, when Parat arrived in Washington, Paulson told her, this is going to be the most exhausting and rewarding thing you ever do. Uh, and together, they basically put a plan together that that these two entities absolutely hated, but absolutely saved uh, this, saved this whole financial institution. Uh, both executives uh, bitterly opposed the move, but it very here's a quote: "It very likely kept the Great Recession from getting even worse." Another quote: "I can't tell you how many times Paulson called me to thank me for giving him Ruth." Max says, uh, and so when she. <laughs> Although it gets heartbreaking. Paulson also tapped Parat to rescue insurance giant AIG. When she returned home late one night to shower during that ordeal, a former colleague recalls she found a collage of post-it notes of support waiting in the kitchen. Parat's 11-year-old son wrote, fix this so I can have my mommy back. <laughs> and I think I, part of me, a little part of me just Aww. died. So so it really, it, it, it really does, uh, I, I don't know, how, it, it looks like this was not done with the help of the subject you never know especially with a with a big publication like fortune if this was sort of a placed piece where uh, the the editors were approached saying hey we'll give you incredible access to highest level management uh, uh we we think that uh, if you want to do a story about one of our executives we think that you know it's a way to stay ahead of the story for the company i i, I have no idea what's going on i'm just saying that uh, uh, it is a very very positive piece i, I always think about the effect that uh, an article like this has on me, and literally, 
I'm thinking that, oh, well, okay, that's, I, I did not know much about her before I read this piece. Now I have tremendous respect for this person, and it's hard to start. If you ever worry that the person who is now in charge of Google's financial future doesn't know how to run an institution of that size, doesn't know how to work with people that uh, maybe philosophically uh, and background-wise she might have little in common with, no, she seems like she's uh, very much the, the right person for that. The, the closing paragraphs here really also leave you feeling that I wish that she were my boss, my mom, my congresswoman, my senator, or a presidential candidate that I could write in as a third-party candidate. Uh, the, this is the article saying that talent has made Parat an important voice for Google inside the company and out at a time of momentous change. This past January at the World Economic Forum Summit in Davos, Switzerland, Parat and Alphabet Executive Chairman Eric Schmidt hosted a dinner for European leaders. They decided that Parat would make introductory remarks and then yield the floor to Schmidt. But as Parat began talking, Schmidt realized she was giving a far better speech than he could. This is a quote. The way she spoke showed she knew Google so well, Schmidt recalls. For a moment, Schmidt wasn't sure what to do, but he quickly arrived at an answer. Here they're quoting Eric Schmidt. Just shut up and listen to Ruth. <laughs> that's a pretty good endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think I'm always careful to you know ascribe too much changes to just a single person, but this could definitely be one of the reasons that all these things we've been talking about in past shows have come to pass. You know, more financial responsibility, more things getting shut down, more um, you know bits of alphabet being responsible for each other. And it, it's funny this article gives a few other tidbits like that. Uh, all these other bets companies that they've started actually have to start paying Alphabet for services, so for legal services, for PR services. They even say that you know one of them was billed half a million dollars, you know, for PR help, which is pretty normal if they were running as separate companies. But it sounds like it wasn't the case before. You know, if you needed PR help, you'd just be like, "Hello, Google PR, can can we borrow a few people for like a year?" And they're like, "Sure, have some people like here, whatever." And it, it seems like now you actually have to fiscally account for all that. You're like, "No, if you need PR help, this is how much it costs. You can buy it from Google, or you can." source it externally potentially it's it's really interesting to see that change in focus and i know it might make some people worried that oh is the the innovation over and can we stop doing moonshot projects and whatever but it could potentially also result in things actually coming to market you know something that you know no offense to alphabet but they haven't been super good at the last few years you know actually taking something from a concept to something that you sell to you know a consumer or a business yeah, you need to have a deadline to work against uh, or else you really won't ship. You need to have goals. Uh, and so that's probably why some of this looks so good. And it's, and it's a bad part, part. It's a bad moment of transition. You, you feel that, oh, so you mean that I now have to, when I go into the supplier room, I have to like actually sign a requisition and sign for receipt of three reams of copy paper. And that's annoying. But the people who are most annoyed are the people who thought, hey, look, it's Google. And if I can, if I want 10, 10 reams to take home so my kids, my kids, a uh, uh, Boy Scout troop can have something to draw and i can just take 10 reams of paper and then at some point someone says no this is google's paper you can't just take 10 reams of paper (laughs) don't steal the reams don't steal the paper uh i think i have another another uh, chief officer to look forward to when i'm in a mountain view you know maybe at one of the starbucks uh coffee shops we'll see if uh, ruth porat makes a way to starbucks and then maybe i can say hi uh yeah you know reach out to aparna i'm a great person to talk to uh she she knows me well so uh hello i'd like to add you to my linkedin profile (laughs) 
Ruth, I mean, <laughs> you, you've read what that what that bastard Eric Schmidt ta- ta- said about you in Fortune magazine, no less. You, you're you could take his job, and as we've as we've demonstrated, the escalator to success starts here at the the, the, the material guest chair. One 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 hour with us talking about this and that, and you will have that that elevated position. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think I understand Ruth's why popularity. Is gonna like just skyrocket at Google now. Yeah. Now people will be like, "Oh my goodness, Ruth Porat, that Ruth Porat works at our Google." I mean, I've read the They're Fortune gonna, like, article. Lining up. Fortune.com, whatever material podcast. Now there's there's there a promotion. It's your we have stickers. We have t-shirts. <laughs> Does Google have stickers and t-shirts? I don't see them. Okay, they do. But Ruth, how, how else are you going to get to the very top of Google? Because you're extremely talented. You're brilliant. You're insightful. You work well with large teams. Yeah, but again, doing our little monkey, monkey and uh, monkey and goat show podcast can can't. If, if that's the one, if that's the two points that send you over the top, who knows where that two points came from? We accept payment in uh, drone delivered burritos from Chipotle. So <laughs> hey, if you can make it happen, Ruth, I won't stop you. Uh, that yes, the the I most... will ac- I will accept a burrito from Chipotle that's thrown at me in anger. That's how much <laughs> I like Chipotle burritos. Maybe maybe the drones can throw it to you in anger. Uh, the yeah, this we were going to close with this like awesome news is that Google is testing drone delivery burritos from Chipotle, and if that's not the most Yasmin thing ever, like I don't know what is Google drones and delivered Chipotle burritos. Google bought me Chipotle burritos once. So like this is I think they're they're really just they're like, you know what, we gotta get this story out there because it's gonna get us on material podcasts and then we're just gonna grow. We're gonna grow like uh like wild because like wildflowers because you know, they've been on material. Like so, an invasive species that's just come off a sinking pirate ship. Sorry, I'm just off to write a <laughs> medium post with the quote Yasmin Evian, Google bought me, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> And for a burrito, honestly. <laughs> for a burrito, I, I, sold, I, I, I made sold Samsung give a me a hat as well. <laughs> hey, I will take one of those Nugler uh, hats and a burrito. Yeah, I, we'll work. We'll, we'll work for we, burrito. We've gone down and from self driving car to one burrito and one Nugler hat, please. Hey, look, they wouldn't give me the car, so I'm trying to. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a person that can bargain with, so uh, I'll take the Nugler hat and a, and a drone delivered burrito. <laughs> uh, no, so. Yeah, I you know I I do hope that the drones make it all over the all over the country and maybe even all over the world. Maybe Russell, when you order a burrito from Chipotle, it might take like a year or so for it to get uh, to Australia, but it would be delivered by a drone. And just think about the stories that that drone would have. Oh man, crossing the or testing my knowledge of oceans, Atlantic, Pacific, crossing the Lo- ocean, lots lots of, lots of water. And we want to thank everyone uh, for listening. Andy, where can people connect with you and find you on the line? The uh, baptism of fire is to spell my last name. I'm Anatko on Twitter and Instagram, and my blog is at anatko.com. And the stuff that I write for pay is usually at suntimes.com, Chicago Suntimes. And Russell, where can uh, people find you? Uh, they can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter, where this week I've been giving out Xcode tips. And by the way, I got a thousand likes. One thousand so likes. Russell. Sorry. One thousand. That's a that's a lot of likes. Yeah, I don't normally that's get that many. If you can't tell, I was a little bit excited. It has nothing to do with the show, though. Where can people find you, Yasmin? 
You can find me at Yasmin Avian, looking up at the sky, waiting for a burrito to be drone delivered to me by Google. Google, make it happen. Make it happen. Uh, if you can't get the drone, just uh, send the self-driving car. I know you actually have those in Arizona. I will take the burrito any way that you send it to me. And we want to thank everyone for listening. You can find us at Material Podcast on Twitter. You can find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. And you can also send us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, stay in material. Yes, I mean, in Arizona, do they have hawks or buzzards or other air predators? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, they, they, have yeah. A, they have a lot of birds, we- yeah. We have we have hawks and falcons over here. I'm just I was just thinking about what it would be like to stand on the porch expecting my burrito delivery and see that drone get attacked by a hawk. <laughs> it's he just down smells and the pork. <laughs> who's never found it so easy to carry away a pig before in his life? And that's actually like a, an interesting thing, like because uh, some of the drones are pretty small, and I wonder if any of the that like hawks and stuff will actually attack them or not. That's a, a, an interesting... I'm going to try and, and train my hopes to bring you burritos from the drones for free. And I, I remember seeing a, 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 some sort of nature documentary that was astounded that sparrows in some community had learned that uh, they, if they go to the front, if they go to people's front porches early in the morning and they peck at this shiny, shiny metal thing, that's like a, they had like milk delivery. So if they peck at this, this, this foil covered thing, they can drink all the milk they want. <laughs> and so, how long would it take for animals to think realize that? Oh, the <laughs> with that, that sort of bobbing, bobbing flight path, that will contain lots of carbs, proteins, and and uh, and and silver foil that can be used to line a nest. Uh, well. Yeah, they, they, they'd get pretty smart if you're like, yeah, that's hawks. Get on that. <laughs>